Section 27 of Ulysses. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ulysses by James Joyce. Part 2. The Odyssey. Episode 12. Cyclops. Part 5. Show us over the drink, says I. Which is which? That's mine, says Joe, as the devil said to the dead policeman. And I belong to a race too, says Bloom, that is hated and persecuted. Also now, at this very moment, this very instant. Cobb Heenier burnt his fingers with the butt of his sole cigar. Robbed, says he, plundered, insulted, persecuted, taking what belongs to us by right. At this very moment, says he, putting up his fist, sold by auction in Morocco like slaves or cattle. Are you talking about the New Jerusalem, says the citizen? I'm talking about injustice, says Bloom. Right, says John Wise. Stand up to it then with force like men. That's an almanac picture for you. Mark for a soft-nosed bullet. Old Glardy Face standing up to the business end of a gun. Gob he'd adorn a sweeping brush, so he would. If only he had a nurse's apron on him. And then he collapses all of a sudden, twisting around all the opposite, as limp as a wet rag. But it's no use, says he. Force, hatred, history, all that. That's not life for men and women. Insult and hatred. And everybody knows it's the very opposite of that that is really life. What? says Alf. Love? says Bloom. I mean the opposite of hatred. I must go now, says he to John Wise, just round to the court a moment to see if Martin is there. If he comes, just say I'll be back in a second. Just a moment. Who's hindering you? And off he pops, like greased lightning. A new apostle to the Gentiles, says the citizen. Universal love. Well, says John Wise, isn't that what we're told? Love your neighbour. That chap, says the citizen. Beggar my neighbour is his motto. Love my... Uh, he's a nice pattern of a Romeo and Juliet. Love loves to love love. Nurse loves the new chemist. Constable 14A loves Mary Kelly. Gertie McDowell loves the boy that has the bicycle. M.B. loves a fair gentleman. Lee Chi Han, lovely up kissy chap who chow. Jumbo the elephant loves Alice the elephant. Old Mr. Vershoil with the ear trumpet loves old Mrs. Vershoil with the turned in eye. The man in the brown Macintosh loves a lady who is dead. His Majesty the King loves Her Majesty the Queen. Mrs. Norman W. Tupper loves Officer Taylor. You love a certain person. And this person loves that other person because everybody loves somebody, but God loves everybody. Well, Joe, says I, your very good health and song. More power, citizen. Hooray there, says Joe. The blessing of God and Mary and Patrick on you, says the citizen. And he ups with his pint to wet his whistle. We know those canters, says he, preaching and picking your pocket. What about sanctimonious Cromwell and his ironsides that put the women and the children of Drogheda to the sword, with the Bible text, God is love, pasted round the mouth of his cannon? The Bible? Did you read that skit in the United Irishman today about that Zulu chief that's visiting England? What's that? says Joe. So the citizen takes up one of his paraphernalia papers and he starts reading out. A delegation of the chief cotton magnates of Manchester was presented yesterday to His Majesty the Alakai of Abiyakuta by gold stick in waiting, 
Lord Wallop of Walkup on Eggs, to tender to His Majesty the heartfelt thanks of British traders for the facilities afforded them in his dominions. The delegation partook of luncheon at the conclusion of which the dusky potentate, in the course of a happy speech freely translated by the British chaplain, the Reverend Ananias, praise God barebones, tendered his best thanks to Massa Wakup and emphasised the cordial relations existing between Abiyakuta and the British Empire, stating that he treasured as one of his dearest possessions an illuminated Bible, the volume of the Word of God, and the secret of England's greatness, graciously presented to him by the white chief woman, the great squaw Victoria, with a personal dedication from the august hand of the royal donor, the Alakai then drank a loving cup of first-shot Ishkabaha to the toast black and white from the skull of his immediate predecessor in the dynasty Kakachakachak, surnamed Forty Warts, after which he visited the chief factory of Cottonopolis and signed his mark in the visitor's book, subsequently executing a charming old Abiyakutic war dance, in the course of which he swallowed several knives and forks amid hilarious applause from the girl hands. Widow woman, says Ned, I wouldn't doubt her. Wonder did he put that Bible to the same use as I would? Same, only more so, says Lenehan. And thereafter, in that fruitful land, the broad-leaved mango flourished exceedingly. Is that by Griffith, says John Wise? No, says the citizen, it's not signed Shanghanga. It's only initialed P. And a very good initial too, says Joe. That's how it's worked, says the citizen. Trade follows the flag. Well, says J.J., if they're any worse than those Belgians in the Congo Free State, they must be bad. Did you read that report by the man, what's this his name is? Casement, says the citizen. He's an Irishman. Yes, that's the man, says J.J., raping the women and the girls and flogging the natives on the belly to squeeze all the red rubber they can out of them. I know where he's gone, says Lillian, cracking his fingers. Who, says I. Bloom, says he, the courthouses are blind. He had a few bob and throw away, and he's gone to gather in the shekels. Is it that white-eyed kaffir, says the citizen, that never backed a horse in anger in his life? That's where he's gone, says Lenehan. I met Bantam Lyons going to back that horse, only I put him off it, and he told me Bloom gave him the tip. Bet you what you like, he has a hundred shillings to five on. He's the only man in Dublin, has it? A dark horse. He's a bloody dark horse himself, says Joe. Mind Joe, says I. Show us the entrance out. There you are, says Terry. Goodbye, Ireland, I'm going to Gort. So I went round the back of the yard to pump ship and begob. Hundred shillings to five. Well, I was letting off my throwaway twenty to letting off my load. Gob, says I to myself, I knew he was uneasy in his two pints off of Joe and one in Slattery's off. In his mind to get the mark to hundred shillings is five quid. And when they were in the dark horse, Pisser Burke was telling me card party and letting on the child was sick. Gob must have done about a gallon. Flabby yours of her wife speaking down the tube. She's better or she's... Ow. All a plan so he could vamoose with the pool if he won or... Jesus, full up I was. Trading without a licence. Ow. Ireland, my nation, says he. Hoik. Fstook. Never be up to those bloody... There's the last of it. Jerusalem. Ah. Cuckoos. 
So anyway, when I got back they were at a ding-dong, John Wise saying it was Bloom gave the ideas for Sinn Féin to Griffith to put in his paper, all kinds of gerrymandering, packed juries and swindling, the taxes off of the government and appointing consuls all over the world to walk about selling Irish industries, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Gob, that puts the bloody kibosh on it. If old sloppy eyes is mucking up the show, give us a bloody chance. God save Ireland from the likes of that bloody mouse about. Mr. Bloom and his Argal Bargal, and his old fellow before him perpetuating frauds, old Methuselah Bloom, the robbing bagman that poisoned himself with the prussic acid after he swamped the country with his baubles and his penny diamonds. Loans by post on easy terms, any amount of money advanced on note of hand. Distance no object, no security. Gob, he's like Lanty McHale's goat that'll go a piece of the road with every one. Well, it's a fact, says John Wise. And there's the man now that'll tell you about it, Martin Cunningham. Sure enough, the castle car drove up with Martin on it and Jack Parr with him and a fellow named Crofter or Crofton, pensioner out of the Collective Generals, an orangeman Blackburn does have on the registration and he's drawing his pay, or Crawford, gallivanting around the country at the king's expense. Our travellers reached the rustic hostelry and alighted from their palfreys. Ho, varlet, cried he, who by his mien seemed the leader of the party. Saucy knave, to us. So saying, he knocked loudly with his sword hilt upon the open lattice. Mine host came forth at the summons, girding him his tabard. Give you good den, my masters, said he, with an obsequious bow. Bestir thyself, sir, cried he who had knocked. Look to our steeds, and for ourselves give us your best, for if faith... We need it. Lack a day, good masters, said the host. My poor house has but a bare larder. I know not what to offer your lordships. What now, fellow? cried the second of the party, a man of pleasant countenance. So servest thou the king's messengers, Master Tapton? An instantaneous change overspread the landlord's visage. Cry you mercy, gentlemen, he said humbly. And you be the king's messengers. God shield his majesty. You shall not want for aught. The king's friends, God bless his majesty, shall not go a-fasting in my house, I warrant me. Then about, cried the traveller who had not spoken, a lusty trencherman by his aspect, hast aught to give us? Mine host bowed again as he made answer. What say you, good masters, to a squab pigeon pasty, some collops of venison, a saddle of veal, widgeon with crisp hogs bacon, a boar's head with pistachios, a basin of jolly custard, a meddler tansy, and a flagon of old Rhenish. Gadzooks, cried the last speaker, that likes me well. Pistachios. Aha, cried he of the pleasant countenance, a poor house and a bare larder, crotha, tis a merry rogue. So in comes Martin asking where was Bloom. Where is he, says Lenhan, defrauding widows and orphans? Isn't that a fact, says John Wise? What I was telling the citizen about Bloom and the Sinn Féin. That's so, says Martin, or so they allege. Who made those allegations, says Alf. I, says Joe, I am the alligator. And after all, says John Wise, why can't a Jew love his country like the next fellow? Why not, says JJ, when he's quite sure which country it is. Is he a Jew, or a Gentile, or a Holy Roman, or a Swaggler, or what the hell is he, says Ned. Or who is he? No offence, Crofton. 
Who is Junius? says JJ. We don't want him, says Crofter, the orangeman or Presbyterian. He's a perverted Jew, says Martin, from a place in Hungary, and it was he drew up all the plans according to the Hungarian system. We know that in the castle. Isn't he a cousin of Bloom, the dentist, says Jack Power. Not at all, says Martin, only namesakes. His name was Virag, the father's name that poisoned himself. He changed it by deed poll, the father did. That's the new messiah for Ireland, says the citizen. Ireland of saints and sages. Well, they're still waiting for their redeemer, says Martin. For that matter, so are we. Yes, says J.J., and every male that's born they think it may be their messiah, and every Jew is in a tall state of excitement, I believe, till he knows if he's a father or a mother. Expecting every moment will be his next, says Lenahan. Oh, by God, says Ned, you should have seen Bloom before that son of his that died was born. I met him one day in the South City Markets, buying a tin of Neve's food six weeks before the wife was delivered. On ventre sa mère, says J.J., do you call that a man says the citizen i wonder did he ever put it out of sight says joe well there were two children born anyhow says jack power and who does he suspect says the citizen cobb there's many a true word spoken in jest one of those mixed middlings he is lying up in the hotel pister was telling me once a month with a headache like a totty with her courses do you know what i'm telling you it'd be an act of god to take a hold of a fellow the like of that and throw him in the bloody sea justifiable homicide so it would then sloping off with his five quid without putting up a pint of stuff like a man give us your blessing not as much as would blind your eye charity to the neighbour says martin but where is he we can't wait a wolf in sheep's clothing said the citizen that's what he is virag from hungary has you as i call him cursed by god have you time for a brief libation martin says ned only one, says Martin. We must be quick. J.J. and S. You, Jack. Crofton. Three half-ones, Terry. St. Patrick would want to land again in Ballykinder and convert us, says the citizen, after allowing things like that to contaminate our shores. Well, says Martin, rapping for his glass. God bless all here is my prayer. Amen, says the citizen. And I'm sure he will, says Joe. And at the sound of the scaring bell, headed by a crucifer with acolytes, thurifers, boat-bearers, readers, ostiarii, deacons and subdeacons, the blessed company drew nigh of metered abbots and priors and guardians and monks and friars, the monks of Benedict of Spoleto, Cartusians and Camaldolesi, Cistercians and Olivetans, Oratorians and Valambrosans, and the friars of Augustine, Brigitines, Promonstratensians, Servi, Trinitarians, and the children of Peter Nolasco, and therewith from Carmel Mount, the children of Elijah Prophet, led by Albert Bishop, and by Teresa of Avila, Calst and other, and friars brown and grey, sons of poor Francis. Capuchins, Cordeliers, Minimes and Observants, and the daughters of Clara, and the sons of Dominic, the friars' preachers, and the sons of Vincent, and the monks of St. Wollstone, and Ignatius's children, and the confraternity of all the Christian brothers, led by the reverend brother Edmund Ignatius Rice. And after came all the saints and martyrs, virgins and confessors, 
St. Sir and St. Isidore Arator and St. James the Less and St. Focus of Sinope and St. Julian Hospitator and St. Felix the Cantalice and St. Simon Stylites and St. Stephen Protomartyr and St. John of God and St. Ferriol and St. Lugard and St. Theodotus and St. Vulmar and St. Richard and St. Vincent de Paul and St. Martin of Todi and St. Martin of Tours and St. Alfred and St. Joseph and St. Dennis and St. Cornelius and St. Leopold and St. Bernard and St. Terence and St. Edward and St. Owen Caniculus and St. Anonymous and St. Eponymous and St. Pseudonymous and St. Homonymous and St. Paronymous and St. Synonymous and St. Lawrence O'Toole and St. James of Dingle and Compostella and St. Colum Kill and St. Columba and St. Celestine and St. Coleman and St. Kevin and St. Brendan and St. Frigidian and St. Sinan and St. Focta and St. Columbanus and St. Gaul and St. Fursey and St. Finton and St. Fiacre and St. John Nepomuk and St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Ives of Brittany and St. Mycon and St. Herman Joseph and the three patrons of holy youth St. Aloysius Gonzaga St. Stanislaus Kostka and St. John Birchmans and the saints Gervasius, Servasius, and Bonifacius, and St. Bride, and St. Kiernan, and St. Canis of Kilkenny, and St. Jarlis of Tuam, and St. Finbar, and St. Papin of Ballymun, and Brother Aloysius Pacifus, and Brother Louis Bellicosus, and the saints Rose of Lima, and of Viterbo, and St. Martha of Bethany, and St. Mary of Egypt, and St. Lucy, and St. Bridget, and St. Attracta, and St. Dimpna, and St. Eta, and St. Marian Calpinus, and the Blessed Sister Teresa of the Child Jesus, and St. Barbara, and St. Scholastica, and St. Ursula, with eleven thousand virgins. And all came with Nimbi, and Arioles, and Gloriae, bearing palms, and harps, and swords, and olive crowns, in robes whereon woven the blessed symbols of their efficiencies, inkhorns, arrows, loaves, crosses, fetters, axes, trees, bridges, babes in a bathtub, shells, wallets, shears, keys, dragons, lilies, buckshot, beards, hogs, lamps, bellows, beehives, soup ladles, stars, snakes, anvils, boxes of vaseline, bells, crutches, forceps, stag's horns, watertight boots, hops, millstones, eyes on a dish, wax candles, aspergills, unicorns. And as they wended their way by Nelson's Pillar, Henry Street, Mary Street, Capel Street, Little Britain Street, chanting the intois in Epiphania Domini, which beginneth surge, illuminare, and thereafter most sweetly the gradual omnis, which saith de Seba, venient, they did diverse wonders such as casting out devils, raising the dead to life, multiplying fishes, healing the hot and the blind, discovering various articles which had been mislaid, interpreting and fulfilling the scriptures, blessing and prophesying, and last 
beneath a canopy of cloth of gold came the reverend father o'flynn attended by malachy and patrick and when the good fathers had reached the appointed place the house of bernard kiernan and co limited eight nine and ten little britain street wholesale grocers wine and brandy shippers licensed for the sale of beer wine and spirits for consumption on the premises the celebrant blessed the house and sensed the mullioned windows and the goines and the vaults and the arises and the capitals and the pediments and the cornices and the engrailed arches and the spires and the cupolas and sprinkled the lintels thereof with blessed water and prayed that god might bless that house as he had blessed the house of abraham and isaac and jacob and make the angels of his light to inhabit therein and entering he blessed the viands and the beverages and the company of all the blessed answered his prayers adiatorium nostrum in nomine domini qui fecit coelum et terum dominis fabiscum it cum spiritu tuo and he laid his hands upon that he blessed and gave thanks and he prayed and they all with him prayed deus cuis verbo sanctificantur omnia benedictionum tuum effunde super creatoris istus et preasta ut quis quis eis secundum legum et voluntatum tuum cum gratierum actione usus fuerit per invocationem sanctissimi nominis tui corporis sanitatum et anime tutelum te actore percipat perquistum dominum nostrum and so say all of us said jack thousand a year lambert says crofton or crawford right says ned taking up his john jameson and butter for fish i was just looking around to see who the happy thought would strike when be damned but in he comes again letting on to be in a hell of a hurry i was just round at the courthouse says he looking for you i hope i'm not no says martin we're ready courthouse my eye and your pockets hanging down with gold and silver mean bloody scut stand us drink itself devil a sweet fear there's a jew for you all for number one cute as a shithouse rat hundred to five don't tell anyone says the citizen beg your pardon says he come on boys says martin seeing it was looking blue come along now don't tell anyone says the citizen letting a ball out of him it's a secret and the bloody dog woke up and let a growl bye bye all says martin and he got them out as quick as he could jack power and crofton or whatever you call him and him in the middle of them letting on to be all at sea and up with them on the bloody jaunting car off with you says martin to the jarvey the milk-white dolphin tossed his mane and rising in the golden poop the helmsman spread the bellying sail upon the wind and stood off forward with all sails set the spinnaker to lard board a many comely nymphs drew nigh to starboard and to lard board and clinging to the sides of the noble bark they linked their shining forms as doth the cunning wheelwright when he fashions about the heart of his wheel the equidistant rays whereof each one is sister to another and he binds them all with an outer ring and giveth speed to the feet of men when as they ride to a hosting or contend for the smile of ladies fair even so did they come and set them those willing nymphs the undying sisters and they laughed sporting in a circle of their foam 
and the bark clave the waves. But big up, I was just lowering the heel of the pint when I saw the citizen getting up to waddle to the door, puffing and blowing with the dropsy, and he coarsened a curse of Cromwell on him, bell, book and candle in Irish, spitting and spatting out of him, and Joan little out round him like a leprechaun trying to peacify him. Let me alone, says he, and big up he got as far as the door, and they holding him, and he bawls out of him, Three cheers for Israel! Arras, sit down on the parliamentary side of your arse, for Christ's sake, and don't be making a public exhibition of yourself. Jesus, there's always some bloody clown or other kicking up bloody mortar about bloody nothing. Gob, it had turned a porter sour in your guts, so it would. And all the ragamuffins and sluts of the nation round the door, and Martin telling the Jarvey to drive ahead, and the citizen bawling, and Alf and Joe Adam to wished, and he on his high horse about the Jews, and the loafers calling for a speech, and Jack Power trying to get him to sit down on the car and hold his bloody jaw, and a loafer with a patch over his eye starts singing, If the man in the moon was a Jew, 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 and the slut shouts out of her, Eh, mister, your fly is open, mister. And says he, Mendelssohn was a Jew, and Karl Marx, and Mercadante, and Spinoza, and the Saviour was a Jew, and his father was a Jew. Your God? He had no father, says Martin. That'll do now. Drive ahead. Whose God, says the citizen? Well, his uncle was a Jew, says he. Your God was a Jew. Christ was a Jew like me. Gob, the citizen made a plunge back into the shop. By Jesus, says he, I'll brain that bloody Jewman for using the holy name. By Jesus, I'll crucify him, so I will. Give us that biscuit box here. Stop, stop, says Joe. A large and appreciative gathering of friends and acquaintances from the metropolis and greater Dublin assembled in their thousands to bid farewell to Nagiasagus Uram Lepoti Virag, late of Messrs. Alexander Thoms, printers to His Majesty, on the occasion of his departure for the distant clime of Sesharman Budjigulius Douglas, meadow of murmuring waters the ceremony which went off with great eclat was characterized by the most affecting cordiality an illuminated scroll of ancient irish vellum the work of irish artists was presented to the distinguished phenomenologist on behalf of a large section of the community and was accompanied by the gift of a silver casket tastefully executed in the style of ancient celtic ornament a work which reflects every credit on the makers, Messrs. Jacob, August Jacob. The departing guest was the recipient of a hearty ovation, many of those who were present being visibly moved when the select orchestra of Irish pipes struck up the well-known strains of Come Back to Erin, followed immediately by Rakosi's March. Tar barrels and bonfires were lighted along the coastline of the Four Seas on the summits of the Hill of Hoth, Three Rock Mountain, Sugarloaf, Brayhead, the mountains of Morn, the Galtees, the Ox and Donegal and Sperrin Peaks, the Nagels and Bogres, the Connemara Hills, the Reeks of McGillicuddy, Sleeve Audie, Sleeve Burna and Sleeve Bloom. Amid cheers that rent the welkin, responded to by answering cheers from a big muster of henchmen on the distant Cambrian and Caledonian hills, the mastodontic pleasure ship slowly moved away, saluted by a final floral tribute from the representatives of the fair sex who were present in large numbers, while as it proceeded down the river, escorted by a flotilla of barges, the flags of the ballast office and custom house were dipped in salute, as were also those of the electrical power station at the pigeon house and pool bag light. Visunt Latasara, Kedviz Baraton, Visunt Latasara, gone but not forgotten. 
Gob, the devil wouldn't stop him till he got hold of the bloody tin anyhow, and out with him and little Alf hanging on to his elbow and he shouting like a stuck pig as good as any bloody play in the Queen's Royal Theatre. Where is he to lay mortar him? And Ned and J.J. paralysed with the laughing. Bloody wars, says I, I'll be in for the last gospel. But as luck would have it, the Jarvey got the nag's head round the other way and off with him. Hold on, citizen, says Joe, stop. Begob, he drew his hand and made a swipe and let fly. Mercy of God, the sun was in his eyes, or he'd have left him for dead. Gob, he near sent it into the county Longford. The bloody nag took fright, and the old mongrel laughed at the car like bloody hell, and all the populace shouting and laughing, and the old tin box clattering along the street. The catastrophe was terrific and instantaneous in its effect. The observatory of Dunsink registered in all eleven shocks, all of the fifth grade of Mercalli's scale, and there is no record extent of a similar seismic disturbance in our island since the earthquake of 1534, the year of the rebellion of Silken Thomas. The epicentre appears to have been that part of the metropolis which constitutes the Inns Key Ward and parish of St. Mican, covering a surface of 41 acres, two roods, and one square pole or perch. All the lordly residences in the vicinity of the Palace of Justice were demolished, and that noble edifice itself, in which at the time of the catastrophe important legal debates were in progress, is literally a mass of ruins beneath which it is to be feared all the occupants have been buried alive. From the reports of eyewitnesses it transpires that the seismic waves were accompanied by a violent atmospheric perturbation of cyclonic character. An article of headgear, since ascertained to belong to the much-respected clerk of the Crown and Peace Mr. George Fottrell, and a silk umbrella with gold handle, with the engraved initials, crest, coat of arms, and house number of the erudite and worshipful chairman of quarter sessions, Sir Frederick Falconer, recorder of Dublin, have been discovered by search parties in remote parts of the island, respectively, the former on the third basaltic ridge of the Giant's Causeway, the latter embedded to the extent of one foot three inches in the sandy beach of Holopen Bay, near the old head of Kinsale. Other eyewitnesses deposed that they observed an incandescent object of enormous proportions hurtling through the atmosphere at a terrifying velocity in a trajectory directed southwest by west. Messages of condolence and sympathy are being hourly received from all parts of the different continents, and the sovereign pontiff has been graciously pleased to decree that a special missa pro defunctus shall be celebrated simultaneously by the ordinaries of each and every cathedral church in all the episcopal dioceses, subject to the spiritual authority of the Holy See, in suffrage of the souls of those faithful departed who have been so unexpectedly called away from our midst. The work of salvage, removal of debris, human remains, etc., has been entrusted to Messrs. Michael Mead and Son, 159 Great Brunswick Street, and Messrs. T. and C. Martin, 77, 78, 79, and 80 North Wall, assisted by the men and officers of the Duke of Cornwall's Light Infantry, under the general supervision of H.R.H. Rear Admiral and Right Honourable Sir Hercules Hannibal Habeas Corpus Anderson, K-G-K-P-K-T-P-C-K-C-B-M-P-J-P-M-B-D-S-O-S-O-D-M-F-H-M-R-I-A-B-L-Mewstock-P-L-G-F-T-C-D-F-R-U-I-F-R-C-P-
Gob, if he got that lottery ticket on the side of his pole, he'd remember the gold cup, he would so. But Begob the citizen would have been lagged for assault and battery, and Joe for aiding and abetting. The Jarvie saved his life by furious driving, as sure as God made Moses. What? Oh, Jesus, he did. And he let a volley of oats after him. Did I kill him, says he, or what? And he shouting to the bloody dog, after him, Gary, after him, boy. And the last we saw was the bloody car round in the corner, and old sheep's face on it, gesticulating, and the bloody mongrel after it was his lugs back, for all he was bloody well worth, to tear him limb from limb. Hundred to five. Jesus, he took the value of it out of him, I promise you. When lo, there came about them all a great brightness, and they beheld the chariot wherein he stood ascend to heaven, and they beheld him in the chariot, clothed upon in the glory of the brightness, having raiment as of the sun, fair as the moon, and terrible that for awe they durst not look upon him. And there came a voice out of heaven calling, Elijah, Elijah, and he answered with a main cry, Abba, Adonai, and they beheld him, even him, Ben Bloom Elijah, amid clouds of angels ascend to the glory of the brightness at an angle of 45 degrees over Donahue's in Little Green Street like a shot off a shovel. End of section 27.